Perhaps the most special quality of meditation is the intention to stay present. We bring ourselves into a posture which we can sustain physically. We enter into a space that is conducive to being still, not being disturbed. Here in the Dhamma Hall, the building is very still. The space is sacred. Because of the heat, the wooden ceiling continuously pops. This popping sound is not a disturbance. It's just nature, the elements at work. In the body, as we sit, we may also hear popping sounds. But whatever happens, it is for us to know that attend to it, not reacting, but just receiving, being still, being aware, staying present. That means a special posture of the mind. In essence, the mind is minding the mind. You are taking care of the mind. This is a taking care which involves restraint. We're not letting the mind follow its predilections, its thought habits. Just as the body sits still, we're steering the mind towards stillness. How can we possibly grow still in such a busy life? Will the mind really calm down? Will the body really relax? Can we do this? We may think we can, and we try. And if we feel restless, we must calm that restless feeling and not follow it. And if we feel a desire to do something else, we must let that go and return to being present, being still, and minding the mind. When we were little, maybe someone used to be our babysitter to make sure we didn't get into trouble when our parents were away. But we are now grown up, so we must parent ourselves. 
This is a beautiful opportunity to do that, to parent ourselves. The hindrances bring trouble, and mental habits bring trouble. We can sit for a few minutes, no problem, no trouble. But then we remember things about yesterday, or the mind thinks about some future outcome, or we worry about events in the world. The mind flutters, it wavers, past, present, future, caught in time, caught in thought, and we parent ourselves. We put it aside. How do we do that? Intending? Making that intention and holding that intention quite strictly, like a parent. Gently, a compassionate, understanding parent. A firm voice of not that but this. Staying within. Not going out to the world but staying within the heart. And then doubt comes. Not now. I don't want to stay. The wisdom voice speaks. And we put the doubt aside with trust. Trusting this way, this middle way. This way of balance, from a place of inner balance and poise, our understanding grows. We can see more clearly. Clarity, purification of view, helps us to hold everything that we hold with greater skill, with greater strength, with greater courage, with more compassion for ourselves and others, with more wisdom. These are reasons enough, and there are so many other reasons. But we trust that much. And so we apply a consistent effort to be present, to dive a little more deeply, to empty the mind of all the turbulence and trouble that we feel, to lighten the burden so that we can breathe without anxiety, so that we can go beyond panic, beyond worry. We try, experiment, 
until we try, we don't know what the results might be. So the effort and the energy is raised by giving our attention to the moment again and again, as continuously as possible. Like when you pedal a bicycle. If you stop pedaling, it stops. And the more you pedal, the more the wheels turn until they develop their own momentum. And so it is with our insight and our intention to know, to pierce through the veil of thought, the dust of delusion, penetrating into the mind itself, just looking. The more we look intently into the clear mind that we keep clearing and clarifying, the more we understand and see what is truly there. When we don't look caringly, we don't see. We don't see what is really there for us to see. We're moving too fast. But this is a moving in that brings us to stopping. It's a contradiction in a way. The more stillness we develop, the deeper the mind enters into itself. It's a paradox. We investigate that. How long have we ignored this possibility to enter deeply into the inner space of this heart which is so boundless that that process of entering into is inconceivable. We can't imagine it. We just have to experience it more and more. Just as outer space galactically is unimaginable, so it is with the breadth and the dimensions of the heart space. It is not a physical space. It is beyond the elements. Therefore, it takes a deep level of faith and commitment in our effort to travel inwards, to penetrate through our mental limitations of the thinking mind. We cannot do it with intelligence or with thought. We can only do it intuitively through the power of the heart's knowing.
It's an intuitive knowing. Therefore, we abandon thought. We leave it at the shoreline. We can return to it, but not now. Now we sit in the emptiness, seeing it, tasting it, repeatedly. The more we devote ourselves to that, the deeper our understanding and our ability to fully enter into this breath into the world within the breath, the worlds, the universe within us. The whole universe is within this heart. We don't need a spaceship. <laughs> we don't blast off. We go silently, in a whisper, in a breath, feeling that moment, drawing ourselves into it completely until the world is truly far away from us, that the silence is all we know. Into that vast silence, we realize that every moment is imbued with a goodness, a skillfulness. Every moment of this profound interior attention is permeated with that beauty of the heart. There is a joyful lightness, a peace. Moment by moment, we taste that. We rest in it. Here we can abide in those Brahma-viharas. These are divine abodes, the abode of friendliness a lovingness and kindness of heart, a compassion that we can send in all directions, a rejoicing for the goodness of all beings, known or unknown, all can touch this, can know it. And an all-pervasive peace with whatever condition there is, we feel the balance in this knowing, not attaching to it, just acknowledging the deep equanimity and equilibrium of divine dimension. We long for that. How to sustain it? These abidings are to be practiced and developed and fully realized. If not in this lifetime, then in time to come. This is why we practice.
These are perfections of mind. They are not perfections of the world. They are priceless, but they cost absolutely everything we have to give. We value this above everything. To realize it, we stay present and witness this inner domain of sanctity far from the maddening world, and yet so near us, under our very skin. The more we abide in this domain, the more we carry the essence of it to all who we meet in life. We bring this energy as a blessing back into the troubled world, into the troubled mind. We spread this blessed energy to calm and soothe and brighten the heart, to face whatever we must face in this human realm. The nature of this realm is twofold. It is a place of much happiness. It is also a realm of much suffering. We learn to not attach to the joys, neither to fear the pain. We stay in the middle. We know the possibility of freedom from being pulled in either direction. That freedom is our only way out because of the truth of impermanence. Nothing that is conditioned will last. It has the nature to arise and pass away. Therefore, it is bound up with suffering loss, even pain, and it is empty of any essence that lasts. There is nothing substantial in any conditioned thing at all. Realizing this, we do not hold any of it as ours. We let it go. We let it be. We have to see that. We can't think it. It doesn't happen through thinking. But through living it. We enter into this way of awakening.